Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. That couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? You've got questions. I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. I was pretty excited to meet and talk with Ben Burnley. I mean, of course, we'd heard Breaking Benjamin all over the radio then, and it's like, woo! But I really hadn't heard anyone talk to him about his lyrics, the stuff he was moving from his insides to our collective insides. I think you're going to like what Ben has to say. He he reminded me of me at times. Frustrated, but mostly curious about how we make it in this life, through ups and through downs. This was recorded on the tour bus prior to the Breaking Benjamin show in Fort Wayne, Indiana on January 30th, 2010. Um, I remember when I first met, you know, I, I came in and I said, hey, Jason Rauch of Red. Yeah. What a great guy. Yeah. I remember the first time I met him and, and you were on tour with him and I think maybe three days and, um, I don't know, it was a couple, three years ago, you know, when Red was just starting to happen. Yeah. And I said, hey, how's, how's this Ben guy? He's, yeah, good guy. Plays a lot of video games. Yeah. Are you still a video gamer? Yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah. Talk to me about video gaming. What's your fave? What, what's your what's your fave system games? Well, I have all the systems, but my favorite is the Xbox 360, just because the way it's set up for live. Yeah, like, you uh, like playing live? Yeah, like online and stuff. And uh, I'm really into Modern Warfare 2 right now, so I've been doing a lot of that. And um, so you have some sort of alias out there, so it isn't. It isn't breaking Ben. No, so people I mean, know exactly who you are. I mean, I, uh, I have a profile. Yep. I made it. I, I announced it on our website, and I, I, you know, I've been on Xbox Live now for years. So yep. my friends list is pretty tight, and yep. like I have the same friends I play with, and I, yep. you know, they come to shows and stuff. So can it's you do like it a, on the bus, or is it too slow? No, I mean I have done it on the bus but I, I i do really bad because the connection does yeah. suck really bad so we try to get it so that i have an xbl room in the venues that we play oh, at okay. um and even then sometimes the internet in there isn't mm-hmm. really the best so I, ch- I just try to get on whenever i can is there any part of you that once in a while thinks God, i'm wasting time here you know what I mean? On by the that? road? No, no, no. Uh, playing video games. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm the, hopefully not on the road. You know, I, mean, I could see how some people would say that and stuff, but, you know, it, to me, especially with, you know, Modern Warfare, really, and Halo and, and some, some other online games, it really is more of a sport than anything else. It's very intense. It's very competitive. Burn a lot of calories. Yeah. I mean, it's, you burn a lot of calories <laughs> in, your, in your hands. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
but it, you know it's just to each their own you know some people prefer to go out and shoot hoops and stuff which yeah. is another skill too but there sure. is a there is a sense of skill anyone that plays modern warfare 2 or call of duty 4 knows how intense it is and how fast you have to be and how you have to react just like in a split second and, and it's the only way to play now live that's you know, that's really because you know the game right and you have to have some unpredictability by somebody else somewhere else right yeah you know it's like you gotta it's basically just if you're tired in any way whatsoever don't play you have to be completely alert really yeah i mean the game is what it is you can hide in certain places everybody knows where those places are and there's just no way around it you cannot sit you can't sit still in the game you have to keep moving you have to be you know you have to react very quickly and do you have to have a uh like a um a determined end time for everybody who's playing at that time because you know there are times when you know you're, you're in the middle of a place and you know you want you want to get to it and all of a sudden bus is leaving or whatever and same with other people all of a sudden they just got to click and they're done i mean do you have to kind of have to like we are all done at 2 30 a.m or something no you know it, there's there's times when i'll just get on and play oh. and hide myself so nobody know, i'm basically just playing myself mm. and i'm not even call that's another thing with call of duty 4 it's not like halo or rainbow six where team communication is really important mm -hmm. you use your team whether you're talking or communicating with them or not mm -hmm. and you can basically stand alone and play the game without any communication which is what i do for the most part well just just meeting you and looking at you i mean you must have been an athletic guy and are an athletic guy right <laughs> i guess so when it well, comes to certain did you things. play did you play in high school or no you know school really unfortunately didn't um wasn't really the thing for me i uh we moved around a lot when i was a a kid and um why uh, just family business and stuff just kind of took uh took me and my brother all over the place we moved so many times and uh it's hard to you know create friendships and stuff and yeah. where we wound up being in the end kind of wasn't really the right place for me so uh mm. I did play basketball with my brother and he you know encouraged me to um you know try out for it and so my gym teacher actually did too mm -hmm. um because my brother played and my brother he, he w whenever we'd have like open gym and you could like shoot hoops or play volleyball or whatever you wanted to do like those kinds yeah. of things i'd always shoot hoops and i and the the, the gym teacher would see me and you know i'm sinking them because i'd always play my brother and stuff yeah and he he came up to me once and asked me to to play and i I told him, you know, at the time I was a you know teenager. I told him I, I didn't care enough about the school to really? to even go, let alone cre uh, participate wow. in an extracurricular activity. Do you think you were a lonely kid growing up? Oh, for sure. You know, it's like when I was when I was uh, early in my teens, I was really fortunate enough to to meet a really awesome group of friends and and we had this you know before that yeah i mean i was really like a loner kind of kid didn't really have any friends and just because i i i didn't really care for the uh the place i was in you know i mean there's nothing wrong with it it just wasn't for me and the people there just weren't people that i would have you know really associated myself with and um so i was very fortunate to um to meet uh, a bunch of kids from a small town that was next to mine and we we formed this like group 
and we'd all like skip school together and go to this really small town. They had like two cops, smaller than the small town that I'm from. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just all skip school, go out to the dam and do what teenagers do. And, you know, it was great. And we're still friends to this day. It's kind of like a stand by me kind of thing, only without finding a dead body, you know? <laughs> Thankfully, but, but that's what it was like. It was just like a bunch of guys. We'd always get together like every day and just hang out and everybody's still fond of those memories and I'm included in that. And so do you think you get a sense for people um, out there now who are lonely? I mean, you can kind of maybe feel that and maybe that's why you do what you do. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like there's I'm not unique in the way that. And I'm the only one that's ever gone through that. Of course, there's a there's a ton of kids that are going through that and still, um, you know, still go through that. And I, yeah. you know, like I said, like later on, I was really fortunate to be a part of the group that I was a part of. Everybody that was a part of that group was was there because they they wanted to be there and they were from the, from all over the place like some were, were from this little town some were from this other little town yeah. so it wasn't like we were friends because we live in the same town you know yeah, what i mean right, yeah. usually people are friends because they're on the same football team yeah, all or they're on the same geographics almost yeah, yeah or they you or know interest. they they have yeah. the same classes or right, something yeah, right um we were friends by choice you know we were friends by personality and personality alone and i think that's what's made it last so this long because it's been like 20 years and we're still all really close friends so. that is sweet man that is that's because that's what it's about i mean that's what life is about is growing and remembering and yeah being with people that made a difference in your life you yeah know? and it's like we all have the same fond memories and we all yeah we all still look back on that as like one of the highlights of our lives so um but yeah i mean to kids out there i like i said i'm fortunate as heck to have that and it's a rare thing you know but i i do know what it's like to be lonely and alone and not not necessarily not be able and this is the thing with kids i think people think that they can't make friends and stuff but really what it is is they're picky and they don't want to be friends with the the popular kid in school or or the 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 hot chick in school or whatever you know yeah. they they want more out of it and that's what i wanted and i was fortunate enough to find that and i guess i assume that's why you write songs like i will not bow right i mean because you want to stay strong in who you are you want to and, and you're searching for some sort of hope that life's gonna get good yeah you know i mean i can't complain my life is great but there you know that every job has a downside to it yeah. and being in a in a rock band's no different you know and sure i've been you know exposed to this industry for so long that i i've seen a lot of things that are wicked shady it's almost full to the brim of of, of shadiness and political things and stuff like and you got to play the game and uh i will not bow is kind of about that too just about yeah. holding your integrity as an artist mm. and and just bowing to no one when it comes to things that that they want you to do you know you basically do what you want to do because that's why you joined a band to begin with you joined a band so you didn't have a boss telling you what to do so that has a lot to do with it but it's a yeah. life lesson as well you know it's just anything in life I love the line in Hopeless. Uh, Devil calls our name. Yeah. All the time. And 
Does it call her name all the time? I can hear the devil call my name. And uh, basically, it's, it's I mean, the title gives it away, but it's a destitute song, you know? It's uh, it's about So how do we fight that? How do we fight that? That, that that feeling of of being destitute well the thing of it is is there's when you write a whole album you can write songs that that in the end you come through yeah and you can write songs that in the end you don't and that's one of those songs that's one of those right that you don't come through well and that's maybe what lies beneath maybe works with hopeless and i will not bow because there are people in people in your life that you and bad people in your life as you said wicked would you say wicked can't remember what the word you actually said after "wicked" was a second ago, but anyway. But you got to get rid of them, right? Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's like you got to. You, you only have one life. You can't waste your time on people that aren't um, aren't in tune with you. You know, I mean, it's just it's a waste of time. And I, I look at things in sort of like a weird scientific way of of brain chemistry and things that make human beings what they are and. Yeah. And stuff like that and um, you know I've grown to to not really be judgmental as a whole against people but I'm judgmental against the people that I associate myself with or people that I have to be around because basically I'm just basically what I'm trying to say is I don't care how you dress I don't care how you act and I don't care what you say as long as you don't associate me with it mm. and I think that that's fair you know, a lot of people would say, well, you, you know, and I've heard people say, well, you know, why do you have it so that, it, you know, it's it's your way, your way is right and this and that. And I'm like, well, when it comes to myself, yes, my way is right because I'm going to live the way I want to live and I'm going to be associated with who I want to be associated with. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you find, then where do you find guidance for that? You know what I mean? I mean, because I think I can think that too and I can live the way I want to live, but somewhere I've got to have a mentor, a guru, a book, an album of music that reminds me of how I really, because, you know, you can go down some paths that are deep and dark and nasty and, and not good, you mm-hmm. know, because you can kind of, and it's a slippery slope when you go to that place, as mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, and I, yeah. you know, and I don't, um, I mean, where do you go for that sort of inspiration that, okay, this is who I want to be and this is how I want to live on those times when you are afraid you might bow, you know? Well, you figure it out and you pick your battles for sure yeah. in life. But, you know, uh, one thing that sobriety has taught me, too, is to just have patience and tolerance of people that you do have to be around that you necessarily wouldn't really choose to be. You just basically grin and bear it and, uh, you know, have the understanding that, you know, it's everybody's free to live how they want to live and and they they might not you know want to be associated with you as much as you might not want to be associated with them and you like you know when i was when i was an alcoholic i would just say things that were on my mind all the time and i would make judgments against people um that i you know don't really have a place to to have judgments against even though i do have to be associated with them and now i just do the politically correct thing and keep my mouth shut and get through what i need to get through and at the end of the day associate with those people that i want to associate with how how long did you battle that monster alcoholism like 10 years i mean 
but for the first eight years, did you go, I, I've got control, it's no big deal, and then you really started battling it? You know what I mean? When did you realize that that behavior was probably not, not going to move you along life to a, a full and greater... Um, my alcoholism, I don't know if it's unique, but I've never heard of another instance of what, what happened with it. Like, when I was a teen, I was really, like, unstable mentally, and I might still be. But I had a lot of suicidal tendencies, and I basically started drinking to drink myself to death because I figured it'd be easy because, you know, I'd do stupid stuff like I'd sit in the tub with razor blades and try to, mm. you know, all the whole thing. You know, wow. any, I think a lot of teens go through it, you know, yeah. and I was young, very young, and it's a totally, like, different you know, life for me. Like I'm not even that person anymore, but that's how it started. It, I wanted to be an alcoholic. Like wow. I wanted it to take me and I figured it'd be easy because it's not a quick shot. You're not thinking about it. You're drunk the whole time and you just, all you have to do is drink. All you wow. have to do is drink. All you wow. have to do is get it down, you know? So uh, that's how it started. And then uh, after a while, my life started to get really, really good. And I was addicted to alcohol. Wow. You know? Like wow, it started dude. off as a real effort to try to do it. And I was like, oh crap, now I don't want to drink anymore. Mm. And I'm addicted to it. Like I need it. Like I can't live my life without it. And, um, do you ever think how much money you spent? Oh, yeah. Oh, you course. don't even want to, do you? No, yeah. But, you know, I don't know if it was, uh, uh, spiritual intervention or whatever it was but you know it was jason Rouch. it was it? jason Rouch. yeah <laughs> no but you know i just basically suffered some mental um illnesses from drinking and really? physical ailments from drinking and it kind of stepped in and said look made it really apparent to me that if i was to keep drinking then i wouldn't be here and that was the reality and the sad thing is is years and years ago that's what i wanted it just came at the the time or at the wrong time. <laughs> it came a little late when. Well, didn't you even write about it in Medicaid, kind of? Yeah, Medicaid's kind of a fictional thing with yeah. a little bit of fiction and a little bit of uh, reality in there. You know, everything that I write, I try to make it so that it's more interesting than human beings actually are. <laughs> well, I don't know how we do that, but I know we want to do so that. So you embellish but a little. the song off of uh, a Dear Agony Crawl, I thought was almost singing to the addictive behavior in you yeah that and dear agony is about the the illnesses that i've had to deal with since i've stopped drinking but, but yeah there's little bits in every song about yeah about it about that stuff and like i said i i don't like to i don't like to be like this is what the song is about I, I'm cool you know it. but is it something that you you write those lyrics because you want to help somebody out that's battling it right now well i think that it's necess not necessarily the intent of wanting to help somebody that's a awesome side effect when that happens yeah it's basically just sending awareness out that this is what's going on right. and this is what's happening in somebody else's life and you're not alone which is the first step right is a is is a is becoming aware of what is bringing you down yeah and i think that that does help people like i said as a side effect but my intent really isn't to i mean i i'm just being honest you know yeah. I'd, I'd love to say yeah I'm, I'm here to help people but i'm basically just here to to let people know that 
you're not the only one that has to go through this crap in life. Yeah. Well, I thought uh, Into the Nothing was really about screaming for help, too. You know, that sort of idea. Yeah, it is, and it's about, you know, the things that are going on with the country a little bit without being too political and about... I've met uh, so many soldiers and seen so many things that, that involve, like, camaraderie and brotherhood and the 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 common fight to keep america the awesome place that it is to live and so there's like i said not not any song is about one thing in particular i yeah. try to throw a bunch of stuff in and really thought the line was interesting about live for the dying heaven hear me i know i know we can make it out alive yeah i thought that was kind of that that battle call for the troops too you yeah. know if not for our own personal selves in life but yeah yeah and that's that's what it is it's that they they sacrifice their lives so that we can live so it's live for the dying, you know. Yeah. First song off the off of the record, Fade Away. I guess I think this is where a lot of people, whether it's loneliness or alcoholism or wherever, it's you know, when we feel trapped, it's a I'll say awful place. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's a No, it is. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. an awful place. It's terrible. It's terrible to feel des destitute. It's terrible to feel complete loneliness to your core and and that stuff, you know, doesn't yep. really matter to you. And right. there's no importance to life. Right. You know, those right. things are, are horrible things, you know. Right. Do you mind if I smoke? Uh, no. I won't blow it in your direction. Don't, don't blow it in my microphone. I won't blow it in <laughs> your microphone. Well, have you thought about smoking as an addictive behavior? Yeah. I mean, don't we all, when we have addictive behavior, don't we need to replace it with something? Yeah, I mean, I smoked when I drank, but I figure, you know, I'd love to quit smoking. Yeah. As long as I have this job, I'm not going to quit smoking because I'll probably wind up in jail for murdering somebody. <laughs> no, of course I say that jokingly. I know, I know you do, but I, I have heard that from plenty of people who smoke. It's like, I, there's a point when you need that, the fix, you know? Smoking... Smoking is definitely a horrible thing. It's a horrible habit, but I'm not ready to quit, and you have to be totally ready to quit to make it a reality. And well, and you probably understand that from quitting alcohol, right? Yeah, I mean, with alcohol, it was easy because there was a health issue there, and if I think if I had emphysema, well, maybe I there was breathe. an immediate health issue because there was probably a health issue. Oh, here. absolutely, yeah, right, yeah. So, but there was a debility. There was a health issue that made it so that I just physically could not drink. I just can't do it anymore. So, I guess I thought um, you you mentioned um, maybe a spiritual thing that happened. I thought without you was almost like a a prayer, whether it's to God or yourself, or for, or maybe it's just about forgiveness. I thought it was interesting song to end the record with too. So, yeah, you know, like I said, I I, I totally want to keep those things up to interpretation yep. because that's what I'm all about. I came up in the school of Nirvana, so. I like to keep things as cryptic as possible because it, in, in music nowadays, there really is hardly any mystery left in it. And I, I like to try to hold on to whatever little piece of it I can. <laughs> hey, no problem, dude. Um, I guess I just appreciate it when somebody like you lays a little bit more out there on the page or in the song, you know? I mean, I think it's, I think that kind of honesty and, and genuineness connects and we don't even know how that works but it, i believe it connects because it's honest and genuine yeah and you know as the years have gone by of doing this music thing i've become less and less uh, 
private about my feelings and my personal things that, that that are going on in my life i i'm totally comfortable now with sharing those things with other people through lyrics and hey how, how long have you been married i'm not married really that's just a ring no, on your it's, oh. it's a i have a girlfriend i've been with for five years hey so did you used to have two girlfriends no. they were sisters that was a, no that was a lie that was a total lie was that was that out there though it was out oh, there okay. Okay. because i i date a girl who has a twin sister and her twin sister lives with us because they don't like to be apart. Oh, but okay. I'm not with both of them. I'm only with the one. And that's so you've been dating her for a while then. Yeah, I've been dating her for like five years. So she saw you through alcoholism and quitting it. How do you think yeah. that was for her? Horrible. Yeah. I know it was horrible for her, and I think we're together still because she she. Um, well, she cares. She's one of the most caring people I've ever met, but. Um, yeah, she's seen the worst and the best and all of that stuff, and she's stuck with me through it. And I mean, there's she, when I, there's so many times she's you know helped me when I couldn't even see. I was so drunk I couldn't even see. This song "You" off of Phobia, I thought was I don't know if it's kind of to her or to her or to son, or to the proverbial you. Um, I guess I thought I was begging for forgiveness when you write because I've elected this hell or I've elected hell lying to myself why have I gone blind live another life wow yeah that's that, that's the thing for me like in it there just I'm not saying it's about this but one of the things could say that I'm going through all of this stuff because of you or another thing could say yeah, you right. could think of it the total opposite way yeah sure you know well the only way out is letting your guard down and never die I thought that was uh, some pretty inspired lyrics too by the way thank you I only ask you about the diary of Jane I guess I think the whole song is kind of about trying to get closer to someone or something I ask you about it because I just think it's the jam <laughs> and I know many people do but um, but when a song like that hits is it is it just a magic thing for you? I mean, or do you know that that like song the is success gonna, of it? You yeah, mean? I guess you know. I never really look at anything to, as more more successful or less successful as any other. I mean, I take just as much time to write the hit singles as I do to write the songs that yeah. probably nobody would ever hear. Right. So on my end of it, I it's not like I say, "Oh, this song is a single" or whatever. I just try to do the best I can with all of them, trying to find out what makes you tick. Yeah. Isn't that what we're all trying to do all the time? Sure, like? sure. You know, and that's the thing too. I mean, I that's the commonality of what I try to put into lyrics. That you know, try to put stuff in there that a lot of people think and and just show that you know, like I said before, show that they're not the only ones that are on that that yeah. path. The song until the end, I loved. Uh, I I love the honesty. I've lost my way, and I guess I loved the inspiration at the end. Uh, the the final fight, I win. Yeah. Because I guess we we need that reminder that we are going to win this somehow that, or another. That's one of the songs where you do come through in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, damn it. Yeah. I wondered about Un Unknown Soldier, the the show me what it's like to dream in black and white so I can leave this world tonight. Is that talking about your suicide or, you know what I mean? I mean, I didn't know what what to dream in black and white kind of what you were thinking you know, in that honest, area you know? that's another one that's kind of politically charged oh, I, is it? yeah I, I was watching a lot of the history channel and stuff and seeing like footage from ac 130s where they're tagging people below and bombing mm -hmm. them and it's a, it's a black and white I screen see. that you see thermal yeah. so i got the inspiration from that it's kind of war based and so you're soldier based 
So you're just a peacenik, right? You don't. Well, I think everybody wants peace. Even that's why we go to war. Isn't that isn't that just the crazy dichotomy? I mean, isn't that just the? It's hyperbole, so we have reasons to. Um, well, you have to deal with what you're dealt with, and I think that's unfortunately, you know, one of the the drastic ways that we go about. You, you can't go over there and say, "Hey, stop bombing us." Yeah. You know, just do it. Just stop. Yeah, you can, it doesn't work. Words when words don't work, we go to war, and it's unfortunate, but it's been going on since the beginning of time, and it'll probably go on to the end of time. You know, I've certainly talked about that before with people with microphones, and that's almost the saddest thing to me is is we've all sort of decided it's been going on since the beginning of time. We'll probably go on until the end of time. It's just like, wow, when. When when do we all get the collective us together and go enough already? I've had enough. Uh, not to steal a song title from you, but anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, you know, um, human beings are uh, are complicated, and um, yeah. it it's it'd be different if you could socially acceptably yeah. separate people from other people with certain mentalities. Mm-hmm. It would avoid things like this. You would be completely separated from people that uh, were violent and people that just even had a, a tendency to be violent and stuff like that. But but the whole thing about human nature is that we all live together, meshed up. So we all, you know, try to deal with the, the yeah. ideas we don't agree with what was that movie that i saw was it the village is that do you know what i'm talking about now <laughs> yeah you know where they're all sort of like they all yeah. sort of have their own compound or it isn't a compound i mean yeah. it's just well being from pennsylvania it really wasn't that odd to me oh amish country right? yeah. yeah so i've seen that i know a lot of amish and mennonite people so wow it's like this m night Shyamalan, i guess maybe drove through pennsylvania and came up with the idea and i think everyone from pennsylvania was like big whoop we see this every day yeah and literally the way they dress the life that they live is what we see every day so it's really not that big of a deal and it's almost like i i almost appreciate what they're trying to do i mean they want to sort of separate themselves from the hundred miles an hour, fast paced, alcohol drinking, yeah. you know, world. Yeah. And, but it's impossible. No, you know what? Um, I, uh, actually, uh, the family business that I'd mentioned, um, dealt with, um, Mennonite mended clothing. So I worked with a lot of Mennonites and I know a lot of Mennonites and they're, they're hardworking people. They're good hearted people. And, are they more honest than the record business in general? <laughs> I think even the worst liar might be more honest. <laughs> but um but no, you know, it's it's they do they do do certain things right, but I myself personally cannot live without technology, so I don't you know. I read a thing from John Mayer, he took I think 7 days off from technology and I wondered if I could do that. It's tough. I wonder if, if you I think could. about it, there's things that you wouldn't have even thought about. You'd have to like not have heat or cool yeah you'd have to you know yeah. you cook everything over a uh fire you'd have to make that fire without you know a match that's well, considered come on a match isn't technology that is technology of course it's well, technology well okay <laughs> of course it's technology it certainly <laughs> I have is. never thought of matches and technology. Of course but it also is. my wife is a teacher and she teaches simple machines. Yeah. The simple machine is doorstop. 
that's a machine. Yeah. And I went, that's what I'm saying. That's not a machine. Of course. <laughs> I just don't want to accept it, right? I yeah. just don't want to shut my phone off. <laughs> no, me I'll do everything but shut my phone off. Oh, that and the TV. <laughs> That'd get nuts. Uh, the song So Called, the first one off of We're Not Alone, which I, I, I guess I wonder a little bit more about the title of the whole uh, album, but... Um, Keep your hand in mind, wise men wonder why, while strong men die. Wise men wonder while strong men die. Again, that's separate. That's going back to separating the, the types of people. There's people that are eager to go out and sacrifice themselves. Mm. And then there's people that are eager to sit back and think things through. And um, it's basically categorizing, like, kind of like, psyche if if that's even possible show me how defenseless you are satisfied and empty inside Ooh. wow man thanks for thanks for putting those words together <laughs> i'm serious some that, that's basically touching on a lot of different things basically you know you could look at it as like which is totally true that ignorance is com is complete bliss yeah if you don't know anything how can anything bother you so some people are happy to be empty, you yeah. know? Uh, back to the village. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was the idea, right? There's I mean, a lot of times I wish that I could be capable of not caring about stuff, but I just can't make myself be I know. that way. I think that, I mean, I think about our jobs, let's say, let's, in theory, we're in the same business. We're thinking about things, trying to elevate ideas and, and entertain people and inspire people and yeah. whatnot. But there's a part of me sometimes that I just wish I went in and I punched the clock at 7, and I punched it at 3. Yeah. And I got my lunch and my two breaks in between, and I was done. Yeah. You know? But I'm also afraid then I'd watch Seinfeld every night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or whatever. What's wrong with Seinfeld? I like Seinfeld. Well, I'm not, I love Seinfeld, but every night i don't need to i don't need to start quoting newman ahead of time no yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's funny isn't it it's funny how life is and how we all grow and how we I, I guess it's more funny how we try to grow you know yeah i mean i think it's i i like i like the fact i like to think that there's hope for people that will evolve to the point where we can start to um look at the things that are commonly good and bad and all everybody makes the right decisions and stuff like that but you know because you want to be an ordinary man yes there you go but you know that's the thing dude it's like you can't make yourself not care and caring about certain things is what leads to a lot of problems yeah you know hey to jump into ordinary man is it because you don't f is it because we all want some sort of normalcy and that's why those words work so well. Yeah, I think people strive to be normal. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to strive to be abnormal. They might strive to be exceptional, but mm. but still normal. Cool. You know? Yeah, because it is part of me that doesn't want to be normal. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to. I want to be popular. Well, normal I is be normal. Normal is like that's being exceptional, though. I mean, there's kind of a difference between. Yeah, because you can be exceptional but still be normal, still be a normal person. I like the word exceptional. That's yeah, but being normal is like a—it's a really safe, comfortable place to be. It's a kind of a no-brainer. Uh, and then the first line, and sooner or later, off the same record, is "I want, I want a normal life, just like a newborn child." Yeah, yeah, because a newborn hasn't had anything bad happen to it yeah. yet, yet. Because, well, later on when it gets so dark, for me anyway, go ahead and throw your life away. Yeah. yeah. 
the only <laughs> any the only innocence you're ever going to find in this earth is is through newborn and yeah. it doesn't last long yeah. as soon as they start to grow up and see the world it it saturates into their skin and that's what they become a product of their environment and it's up to us to you know lead them in the right way so do you want to have kids someday yeah, I mean, I'd like to definitely carry on my genes, you know, as a as a human, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just, it's it's embedded in our DNA to keep the species going. Hey, this is your brain on the cover, isn't that, it? Yeah, it's my brain through the whole thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I, figured, I guess I figured it was, sorry. And you had a brain scan just for the... For the sake of the cover, or no, uh, like I said part before, of your, uh, yeah, has, battling and, and yeah, trying to figure out, yeah. I was going through a lot of like hospitals and meeting a lot of doctors and and trying to get to the bottom of my physical ailments and stuff. Is that interesting for you? You know what I mean? Because you're are you a curious enough guy and a smart enough guy to just keep going? Okay, I want to help. I want to figure this out with the doctor. Or are you just saying, okay, do this and you tell me what's wrong with me? Well, I think I I took the path of do this and tell me what's wrong with me, and nothing was turning up because it's a unique situation. Yep. It's not like I, I have a cough and I go in. I'm like, oh, I have a cough. Yeah, right. Take this pill. Yeah, it's um really broad symptoms that could be a million things. You know, like fatigue and and dizziness and stuff like that and lightheadedness and stuff like that. So those could be a million things. So that's why I had to go through a ton of stuff to get to the bottom of even the thing. I'm still searching too. I just wondered, you're not no, to I'm the not, bottom. I'm not unquote. to the bottom of it yet. I mean, we've just, we've uncovered a couple of things that are obvious through, due to alcoholism, like some liver damage and some mm. damage to my brain stem and stuff like that. But there, there is a couple other things, and it's just the time. It's just taking the time to do it. So it is real. When I was a kid, when they would say, you, you, you know, don't do drugs and don't drink a ton of alcohol because you're going to wreck your brain. It, there yeah. is some real, real, real truth to it? Absolutely, man. I'm living proof of it. I wish I'd never drank a drop of alcohol in my life. I'd give anything to feel normal again. And, you know, I, I, all I've been doing up until since it started was Every time I'd go to the doctor, I'd like spend an hour praying that it would be the time that they would figure out what's wrong. And so are you also on the internet searching like crazy a lot of yeah. times too? Yeah. Isn't, isn't joined, that the beautiful thing about the internet? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Cause it's also a little addicting. I've found other people that are kind of going through things that are similar and stuff yeah. and they don't get answers from their doctors either. So usually if you go to your doctor and they don't find, they run doctors is just like any other profession. They run the certain tests that they know what, you know, you have your, you, you have your neurologists, you have your ear, nose and throat guys. And each one of these guys has these standard tests that they run you. Yeah. And if you, those come out normal, then your problems are psychological to them. But mm. the people that have to suffer know that that's not true. And you know, it's like, it's hard to find one, that cares enough to go the extra mile. And I'm fortunate enough to, to have found doctors that do care and do try to go the extra mile and stuff. But if they can't find the answers then they can't find the answers, it doesn't mean there's nothing wrong. Well, I think we're a part of our, of, of, of our own healthcare. I mean, we have to be because yeah. I mean, in a way they, for them to get emotionally attached to you, let's say that's, well, they, that's against their, yeah their code of conduct or whatever yeah. the, the ethic they, thing they take. So it's not even about that. It's about really just getting them to believe that you really have something going on and they, 
that they need to keep at it. They need to keep running these tests. It's not a question of, I want my doctor to be my friend or I want my doctor to like me as a person. It's, I want my doctor to believe that there really is something wrong here and it's not psychological and please take the extra steps. And, and I, and I've been fortunate enough to have a few doctors that, that do do that. I'm just not home. I can't, I just can't be there. Yeah. Have you thought, have you looked into where they're doing experimental testing or experimental drugs for this sort of a thing? I mean, are you willing to, to take pills and drugs to kind of help your situation? No, or? I mean, right now, I'm only interested in diagnosis. I would, I would, I'm, I've, I'm completely clean and sober now, and I'm not just going to take a drug and see if it works. I, I, right. I'm going to get a diagnosis, and then a, the drug that's associated with the treatment for that, then I'll take it if that's what my diagnosis is. But I'm not just going to run out and start. Well, I guess there still is a trade, though, right? Because you're on the road, and you're trying to make a living and pay bills and whatnot. And yet, so you're on the road so much that you aren't consistently going to one doctor or something. That, yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah. Yeah, it makes it tough, but... um but I'm, I'm still alive. Trade, right? so. yeah. And do you think you actually um, process things slower because of it? Or you've forgotten certain parts of your life? I mean, the stuff that you that bothers you the most that thinks, if I wouldn't have drank, I would be able to do this. Well, that's what it was like when I did drink. You know, I'd be useless after a certain hour, mm. just dead to the world, so... Now I definitely have more opportunities that I'm always in the same state of mind that I can't, I don't miss out on opportunities and things like that. But yeah, my, my illness um, limits me in certain things and definitely lower my, my quality of life is a lot lower than what it used to be. Why don't you just go to one of those TV preachers where they push on your head and you fall back and they catch you and you'll be <laughs> I'll tell good you to what, go, dude. <laughs> I'm desperate enough to try something I like wonder. that. When you get totally, de- I mean, you never know. I got right? nothing to lose. Because, I mean, you said a spiritual thing and you said you pray a little bit. I mean, so obviously you must have some belief that there's more out there and there's a, a God out there that somehow is caring and loving and ho- or hopefully. Well, look at what I'm yeah. at. Look at what I'm able to do. Yeah. Obviously, somebody's out there or yeah. something's out there looking after me. And especially when you, I just recently lost my grandfather and I'd like to think that he's in a, a better place than yeah. than just n- non-existence you know yeah those things kind of push you towards believing in a in a greater power and you know i do have a pro a little bit of a problem with the differences in organized organized you know religions and how they kind of bicker among themselves sure. or yeah. i mean that that to me doesn't say anything about the the uh the power of what it's supposed to be which is love you know what I mean? You can't just say one thing is right. You know what I mean? Well, the one thing that I would pitch to God about would be like, why did you have these people represent you down here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, whether he or she, I'm just like, really, why? Why did, because it always seems like, I mean, I think people like, you know, the guys in the band Red, they are just great guys. Yeah. But they are nothing like the, you know, the Christians that I see on TV that are, in some sort of debate on Larry King or, you know, and it's just like, oh my, you, whatever. You know, that's why, that's the one question. I, that's like my first question. God, why, why all these people? But that, you know, with, I think, I hope that people understand that God exists to them in their own way. Yeah. And they understand that there's a balance between your physical, uh, 
a, your, your, your physical being and mm-hmm. your spiritual being, you know, and, and that the two are connected in yeah. a way, you know. I think so, and I hope so. You know. Yeah, you know. Hey, thanks for the time, man. Dude, I totally anytime, and it. also too. I mean, look, if I have more time, whatever, you know. Love it, love it, love it that you took the time to listen in to such a cool conversation. Ben seems appreciative for the most part. Again, sounds like me. So thanks, thanks for taking time to to get moved. Well, I guess we all have these feelings Can't leave unreconciled Some of them burned out our ceilings Some of them learned as a child Things that we're concealing Will never let us grow Time to do its healing You've got to let it go Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. You are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs> <laughs>